Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello. A little snowy out there tonight. I uh, hope that you're happy and healthy and safe wherever you are. We, uh, we're going to try to catch up with our friend Dan Schaefer in just a little bit from the Recombobulation area. Obviously checking with all things Wisconsin, uh, including some interesting stories that I've been reading about uh, coming <laughs> from north of the border. Uh, coming up just a little bit later, we're going to have a conversation about your health and what we should be talking about during the holidays and, and beyond. I, uh, I know that it's snowing a little bit out there. There, so please, everyone, be careful. It's a light snow, but it can be deceiving, uh, especially when you're just kind of like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm just, uh, you know, it's going to drive a couple blocks. Uh, I don't have to dust off the car. I saw someone pull out without cov- uh, clearing off their headlights. And so your headlights aren't that visible, even though it's only a light snow. Be careful out there and uh, clear off your cars. Be cautious. Uh, it's it, it's likely to turn into some ice. I always, uh, man, hitting a patch of black ice is <laughs> so heart stopping. You try to remember all those things that you learned way back in high school about if you do start to skid, how to react. And since we don't do it that often, um, you know, it's when it does happen to you, you've got to hope that those uh, that memory of those classes kick in. I know some people are just they're very cool and collected under that kind of stress and danger. Um, but, you know, I can never remember, is it turned into the direction of the skid, turned into the direction, and my friend Mike Toomey, who's a comedian, has a great joke about, if I turn it into the direction of a skid, there's a semi in that direction. So, um, if you guys know, you're welcome to remind me of what you're supposed to do when you start to slide on the ice. And for everyone, for any conversation, whatever's on your mind, 773-763-9278, that's the number to call, 773 Nine two seven eight, and uh, I know that you heard. I'm guessing you heard about Trump's big announcement. He was he was teasing it yesterday. Everyone thought it was going to be an announcement about his running mate. A lot of folks conjecturing it was going to be Carrie Lake. You know, people were. I'm sure they were all excited. They were all gathering around their cell phones, waiting to see what it was going to be. And it was trading cards, <laughs> superhero trading cards with Donald Trump's face on. You know, a, a cartoon version, comic book version of a of a hero. He's got the the one I saw was, uh, you know, he's got all this, you know, with the chiseled chest and the abs, and it's this big, you know, action figure body with his face on it and a cape and. Uh, and a you know this big like I don't know if there's an eagle on his belt and basically he's selling them as a non fungible transactions uh, your trading card uh, they're ninety nine dollars get them while they last he's sure they're going to go please you guys come on this, how ridiculous how does the Republican Party even have anything logical to say in defense of that and say, oh, no, that's a great. Yes, we think he's our superhero. I mean, this is strictly for the QAnon people, the folks that show up at his rallies with all the Trump gear and, you know, waving Confederate flags. That was my favorite meme so far is the face of I have it saved somewhere, but the face of Donald Trump on like his his own body, but with 
the Wonder Woman gear on, like with the skirt, and uh, but the belt is actually a Confederate flag. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that was Trump's big announcement. He, he he's gone full dork. I am a, an action hero, an action. F- he was. <laughs> It is the most ridiculous, you guys. It is the silly. I've never seen anything so ridiculous. The fact that they elected this guy president, if you don't look at these trading cards and go, yeah, I really made a mistake. I mean, everything else aside, all the racism, the misogyny, the horrible things that happened during his presidency. And people were so, no, I like what he build the wall and uh, and keep Muslims out. And that wasn't enough for them. But please, dear, please tell me that the, <laughs> the action hero, the superhero trading cards. That's got to, come on. It's got to be something, guys. It's so silly. Honest to God, any Republican that still thinks that he should, he either is still a president because it was stolen from him and he's, uh, you know, still, come on, you guys, you can't still think this guy should be in office. And you certainly should think that he should not have been in office at all. This is, this is the culmination of idiocy. And they're going to be trading cards, defecting, defecting, I made a new word because it's non defecting, right? From fiction, you're defictioning it. I'm going to put that down. Let's make that a patty word. But uh, they're <laughs> depicting him in different parts of his life where he stood, you know, he apparently accomplished something. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? I know that we've got Steve and Dave, but I've got to check in with Jasmine. I'm going to take everyone's calls, but let me get to Jasmine. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Happy holidays, my friend. Same to you. I've I've been meaning to call for a while. You know, after the election, I just kind of forgot. No worries. I hope that doesn't mean you forgot to listen. Don't don't say that you did. It's okay. I don't take it personally, Jasmine. You're busy. How's it going? It's been going well. I uh, you know I got my uh, vote in uh, before you know November eighth. Sure. And uh, so glad. I'm so glad Pritzker is still our governor. Yes. Uh, I watched. I watched his spe- his uh, speech and I actually laughed when like he he made a point to remind us that he was the one who legalized uh, <clears throat> the devil's lettuce. So many cheers, <laughs> the devil's lettuce. I didn't hear that part. We were we were broadcasting uh, during his speech too, and we aired part of it. Well, he well, said the actual name. I just don't want. I don't know if I can say it on the radio. So. But I don't. I don't know what. How bad is it? Is it the F word? The S word? Uh, no, no, speak, no weed. Weed. It's okay if you say you weed. Of course weed, you can. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's but, uh, you're very sweet, Jasmine. And I'm. Uh, you know, I've been laughing at the uh, the news because the you know Republicans they want to stop the youth from voting now. I know. Scared of us. Of course. I believe uh, eighteen to twenty four year olds in every single state voted majority Democrat. So, um, and I'm, I am. I have a question, real quick. Uh, uh-huh. about, uh, so, Georgia is there a governor Democrat now? Or no, Georgia. Herschel, no, I thought Herschel Walker was Republican. Correct. Well, Herschel Walker was a, a Martian. Uh, no, he uh, yes, Herschel Walker was the Republican candidate. Uh, Jack Kemp is the uh, beat Stacey Abrams in the uh, governor's race. But a lot of what Stacey Abrams has been working on it really was successful in, in regards to voter turnout and how the elections went aside from her own race. So we'll take it. Uh, yes. Uh, so it's uh, overall, it's been a you know pretty pretty good uh, good month. I, I'd say. I agree. Not too bad. A, now, are you... We had a win, but it's, we still got a fight. Exa- well, are you watching the aldermanic races in Chicago and the mayor's uh, race? 
fine. No, I, no, I haven't watched uh, the news in a little while. Okay. Because I decided I, I just I wanted to stop stressing myself out. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Take a break. But, I, but then roll your sleeves up I and get. Figure, go ahead. But I did. Fi- I did figure that the mayor election was uh, coming up for us. Yes. It's uh, it's February twenty eighth. All of the alder, all the city hall positions are up for election right now. So they'll everyone. Are you, are you going to try to run for something? Oh no no no! I already announced back in September that I would not be running. Uh, I, and I've I, I want to be very clear about this with people who think about running for office. Uh, one of the things that I told people when I sat down and said I wanted to run for state rep. Uh, you know, people will tell you, well, you've got to make sure you raise money. And, and I, you know, I listen to them. Uh, and what that means, it's, it sounds kind of abstract. But and I don't know how to articulate this for folks who are thinking about running for office. You have to be disciplined. You have to get on the phone every single day for at least two hours and call every single person you have ever met in your entire life. One, tell them that you are running because they might be able to help out on your campaign. They might have a special skill set that will help you along the path. But you more than anything else, unfortunately, because the way things are set up, you because incumbents have not just the power of their position, they also have people won't go against them. They won't go give money to anyone else because they're afraid that that incumbent will not vote the way they need to during if they lose even during that space where they're you know riding out their their uh, their their position or if they do get reelected they'll retaliate by voting against them right so the incumbents have a tremendous amount of power so you have to you really have got to come in heavy it doesn't mean it's never happened and that it can't happen believe me i would love to be surprised by an outsider who's all grassroots and doesn't raise that much money and takes on a, a you know a beast of a, a candidate who has a half a million dollars or a quarter million dollars that would be great the thing is when you ha- when you can get money you also can get you can get your message out and money begets money when people see that you have momentum they want to get on that victory train anyway go ahead jasmine i i feel like you uh if you're running for something you also have to be pretty mentally tough as well to you know be able to debate with People who have such, you know, uh, opposite views, extreme opposite views for for some. You know what I'm seeing, though? I will. This is something that that folks have been writing about a little bit in the last couple months is that the value of in-person televised broadcast debates is not as important as getting your message out and getting and having enough money to get that message out because oh, f- f- several people have won across the country who either did not show up for a debate or didn't do as well as the opponent in the debate and i just think that people are paying less and less attention to those things and uh, finding out their information on their own in their own ways uh, i also uh, wanted to uh, ask before i forget are you having another new year's party because i'm debating on going Aww. i'm 23 now so we can have adult fun so well here <laughs> again so my new year's eve show and you can if you want to take metra out to kenosha which is not that far jasmine and they have a hotel if you want to stay in the hotel it's at the uh, Wyndham at the kenosha comedy club in kenosha wisconsin the metro goes right like just blocks from the the hotel I might try and uh, look into it. Yes, that would be great. Everybody, we should have a WCPT take a few tables. It's uh, all round tables. It's a beautiful venue. It's going to be a lot of fun. I would love to see everybody there, especially you. Not especially you, but yes, especially you, Jasmine. Sorry, everybody else. Oh, thank you. I'll, 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 I'll make sure I look into it. I've never done Metro before, but I'm yeah, trying oh. to uh, get out there and be, you know, be more adventurous, so, I guess. 
Yeah, the biggest difference, and if anyone's talked to you about Metra, for, for folks who are traveling on Metra and have uh, have considerations to make when it comes to uh, access, they do have like these big, it's a big step up is the thing, but there are, there's plenty of railings like to your left and to your right to uh, ascend the stairs. the Amtrak, I guess. A little bit like the, exactly. But, and the good news is that where the doors open are much wider than they are on Amtrak, right? Because Amtrak is kind of just like a doorway, whereas these are like big double or triple doors on Metra. Ah. Well, uh, thank you, Patty. Of course. And uh, thanks for uh, letting me uh, chat for a while. Of course, Jasmine. Great to hear from you. We look forward. Hopefully we'll see you on New Year's Eve. I'll talk to you before then, hopefully, too. All right. And if not, happy holidays. You too. Happy holidays, Jasmine. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Let me uh, take a break here. And when we come back, we'll take uh, Dave's call. 773-763-9278 is the number to call or text and join our conversation. That's 773-763-WCPT. And uh, thank you to our sponsors. Oh, we got to talk about our event yesterday, which was amazing. And I and Brandon, if you're listening, I got to text you back. Uh, I saw that on the way in. I want to thank the manager and the owners of Taste Food and Wine. It was so much fun. And we got to hang out with our sponsor, Monaco Brewing. And of course, last week we hung out with our friends from All Kids, uh, Kids Above All, pardon me. And we also uh, want to say thank you to Warren Priest, who also sponsors the show from European U.S. Car Service over by there on Broadway. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. the trading card looks like for uh, January 6th or whether they've released it yet for Donald Trump is, you know, what, what's going to be his, uh, maybe he'll dress like that that shaman guy with like the the, uh, fur, the fur all over him and the shirtless and painted with the American flag. I wonder if that's what's going to be his uh, his Trump's trading card for January 6th. Again, I wanted to uh, thank everyone from uh, Taste yesterday. It was, a, it was so much fun. Oh, like I didn't, I, I hope... Uh, I did not get the email. We have to. We want to check it with our friends. Oh no! Uh, I have to send you a telephone number uh, for our guests. Uh, let's. We're going to do five forty-five with our guests. We want to find out about a toy drive from VW Hawk, and uh, um, I'm excited to talk to them and find out how we can help some kids. Uh, let's talk to Dave. Okay, first I was talking about taste. Sorry, I'm getting texts about uh, our guests. We want to make sure that we uh, let people know how they can help kids have a wonderful Christmas, and uh, we'll talk to our friends in just a little bit at five. Forty-five. We're going to talk to Dan Schaefer at 5.30, and we have another guest on the phone. I'll make sure everyone's got all the info. I was trying to cook dinner up until the last minute for my family, so I was... Uh I was running just a little bit behind because we are going out to see some Christmas lights tonight. I wasn't going to be able to make dinner beforehand. So, which speaking of, I want to thank our friends at Taste of Food and Wine over in Rogers Park. What a beautiful venue to meet some of our listeners. I want to say hi to Joe, who stopped by, and a couple other folks. And, of course, Kirk Bankstead was uh, really showing people uh, what is in what his beers taste like, uh, what to expect from them. And then, of course, a wonderful beer tasting and my favorite continues to be the grapefruit hard 
seltzer. I'm just going to say that right now. So thank you, everybody that came out, and especially thank you to uh, Jerry, who was uh, having to run around for cords and help me find outlets, and we got everything set up, and we're still going to figure out that Facebook Live element to our remotes. And uh, if you have if you have a business that you would like us to reach out to and say, hey, let's do a remote for uh, WCPT, maybe encourage them to carry uh, to carry Monaco Brewing, that would be great. So uh, we have Dave on the line. Hey, Dave, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Patty. Yeah, I wasn't quite expecting him to have a trading card. I thought I thought he was going to be looking like a speaker at a house or something. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> oh my God! That, you know, McCarthy, that, that, that was your guess. Week. Interesting. That was your guess. Was that he was going to announce that he was uh, putting his hat in the ring? Yeah, because it's kind of figured that McCarthy's too weak. Plus, he's still got that uh, uh, what's her face, uh, the Marjorie Taylor. Uh, yeah. Toilet Green, and then a uh, couple of them others, you know, what, five others that are, you know, the, the that that are diehards for him. And I, I thought that because in that case, he'd be two heartbeats away from the presidency again. And then I'm sure they would have played up some kind of like 25th Amendment thing, you know, on President Biden. And then, you know, God forbid, you know, uh, VP Harris would have had some kind of an accident where she would have been inca- incapacitated or something. And, Bingo, guess who's back in the presidency, you know? So yep. that's what I thought. I, I didn't think he was going to be putting a, a, a trading card. He, <laughs> he must be like uh, crazy. He must be like Cleavon Little was in Blazing Saddles that time when he <laughs> says that you're so slick and they're so dumb. Right. <laughs> you know? And because and then, you know, he can. Remember when he promised those people before, he said that if you beat up these ones and that, I'll pay your bail and all of that. Well, uh-huh. that ain't going to happen. But I bet I just kind of wondered, uh, I wonder if Trump is going to give the then three, Michigan three uh, one of his trading cards so they got something to look at in prison, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they'll be trading in prison for instead of cigarettes? Yeah, I said, <laughs> they don't smoke. You know, they don't have to worry about trading smokes. They can trade Trump cards, you know? <laughs> but, Too funny. Um, but, uh, you know, Michigan itself, you know, like they were talking in the last show. So, you know, they've had they've had troubles before with militias. If you remember back, oh, 28 uh, years ago, like in 94, they had that uh, that Michigan militia. Right. And they were they were originally formed by, you know, gun store owners and veterans in the response cause of, to a perceived encroachment by the government back then. You know, the threat of the government back then. Right. So. You know, they're a little. They like I say, I think they they had a handful of uh, militias over in Michigan too, if I recall right. But uh, they were almost kind of like the uh, the father <laughs> of uh, the this uh, Wolverines. You know, the, the the thinking and that, the kind of the warp thinking like that. So right. But then and then and then like with Governor Whitmer, if I recall right, when they were they were gonna. Um, with zip ties or something, and then right? take her on the yeah. middle, of, middle of the lake and throw her in the lake. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I just, I never, I, I don't understand. I never, I don't know when enough is going to be enough with these folks, you know, because some of them, I mean, look at what, what, what like you said, Marjorie Green Taylor thinks that she, she just said over the weekend, if I'd been there, it would have been a successful coup. We would have brought guns, brought guns with us. I mean, like, how is that? <laughs> yeah, her and Bannon, was it? Uh, no. Yeah. And that, that just blows me away that this guy's still like out on bail, you know. And he was, I, I don't know, I don't. Know. It just seems like if been any of us, you know, somebody that's not considered as much of a celebrity or something like that, that 
would be sitting in the can waiting, you know. Yep. And, um, and, uh, Correct. Or he should be in the bottom of, in the Capitol or something in that jailhouse they got down there. But the, and then the other thing lastly, they they were talking on the last one on like when January sixth when they rushed. Well, there was uh, and Michael Flynn's brother Charles Flynn. He was a uh, he was on that phone call. Either. Right. And they tried denying it at first, the, the army and the Pentagon, and it came out that he was on it. And I believe he's one of them that would have been releasing the troops. The National Guard troops, right? You know, to to stem it, and I know they had. I think at one time though they did ask the Capitol Police, you know, leading up to that, you know, they had like three hundred and fifty troops. Was that going to be enough? And they said, Yeah, I think we're fine. And they didn't know these people were going to be multiplying like cockroaches, you know. <sighs> but but Flynn, he got his reward. You know, they got him. He was a three-star general then, and. About a month or so later, you know, he had been on the list or whatever, and he got his fourth star, and he got the command of Westcom, you know, West Western Command. So he's been taken care of. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Anyway, let me cut off so you can get tired of it, but I just thought I'd enlighten you with that about the Michigan Three, you know. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's insane. Thank you, Dave. Have a yeah. great night. Thank you. Let me get, I want to say something before I get to our next caller, because Sarah, uh, you probably lost our signal, or maybe you were done grooming for the night, but we wanted to shout out again to, uh, to, to uh, I think it was Marion, wasn't it? The 90, Your 90-year-old groomer uh, that you're working, oh, your mom. Uh, her Sarah, it's your mom? I must have missed that the other day on the other text. Uh, it is Sarah's ni- mom's 90th birthday, and she's still grooming, still doing it today. Happy birthday, mom and uh, grandma. I don't know. Are you grandma? I'm a, I, I don't know. She's 90. I shouldn't assume anything. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Hold on. Let me go back to the text. I think your name is in here somewhere. Marion. I was right. Marion. Happy birthday to you. Thank you so much. We send you tons of love, and I love that you're grooming the dogs. If you love something, of course, you'll keep doing it. So keep it up, Marion. Happy birthday. Let's get to Matt real quick before we get the traffic. Hey, Matt, what's on your mind? Hey, um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, so I'm calling about these Trump cards that he announced today. And, you know, I am an old man, and I know it, but I don't understand the digital trading cards. Are they like Pokemon cards? I guess. Well, I mean, like baseball cards. He even said like classic bait, like like your you know tops trading cards. Dig- yeah, he's NFTs. Digital. So yeah, digital. So you're not actually getting anything. No, it's going to be. It's just going to be a picture of something on your phone or on your computer, right? I believe so. On your phone, wherever you store a digital, uh, you know, your, like you have your, your album. Dollars. They're a hundred dollars <laughs> a piece. Yes. Ninety nine, not a hundred, ninety nine dollars. Ninety nine dollars <laughs> plus plus tax, I guess. Right. Ninety nine dollars for a digital picture that maybe you'll be able to print out, but there might be um, restraints from printing it out on the file. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I would it imagine. Does not sound like there's a lot of value there, mm-hmm. and certainly not value for his target market of old white men. Yeah, exactly. NFT, none, not was it, what are they called? Non fungible trans, transactions, or uh, I don't know what they're called. Yeah, yeah, that's the ma- the major announcement. <laughs> yep, that's it. NFTs. Okay. Yeah. And the, Thank you, Patty. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that all up for you. Thank you, Matt. Take care. From calling from Berlin. Bye. 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 
let's take a break here. Yeah, he's exactly right. NFTs for yeah, his it, he's right. The demographic is is not okay. For NFTs. Let's take a break here. New traffic. There's new information. Explosive new information. It's how every day starts. Need for information. Get the info you need from Santita Jackson. Weekday morning starting at six on WCPT eight twenty. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT eight twenty. And we're glad that you're joining us because joining us right now is Dan Schaefer, the publisher of the Recombobulation Area and uh, talking to us about all things Wisconsin. Actually, you don't have to, Dan. If there's something else that's on your mind, like a NFT, the, the trading cards that the president just issued, that's fine, too. Whatever you want to talk about, my friend. You want to talk about NFTs? <laughs> just the, did you see the trading cards that uh, President Trump it's released? Major, it's a major announcement, Patty. It's, it's a, a major, major, major announcement. <laughs> I didn't even think. I mean, like, my track because I could not really understand what was happening with such a major announcement. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. He's, he's, he's as always. He's got his got his finger on the pulse. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's. I, by the way, my favorite one. I just was just showing up for my uh, my Facebook Live audience. The Wonder Woman. Actually, it's called Wonder Moron, and he's wearing. But he's wearing the skirt Wonder Woman costume, but with a Confederate flag on the belt. Oh my god! It's just, it's so much fun oh, to wow. be had. Yeah. It is too much. Okay. There there was a case. Okay, something caught my eye yesterday on your Twitter feed about a school board. Uh, they were doing. Were they doing a recall election on a school board or a library? Well, that was actually last year. Oh. Last year there was a school board, but it connects to something that's happening now. So, okay. uh, so there was a, a school board recall last effort last year okay. uh, that a number of conservatives kind of in the middle of the CRT panic that was happening uh, at times last year. And uh, there was a recall effort that happened in one of the Milwaukee County suburbs in the mequon Fiendsville School District, uh, and it failed miserably. Not They didn't win one precinct. Uh, in that recall effort. And one of the people who is, who was part of that recall effort uh, just got hired as the campaign manager for Judge Jennifer Doro, who is running for Wisconsin Supreme Court. So I thought that was a pretty interesting uh, connection to highlight because that, uh, that Amber Schrader, I believe is her name, uh, was had some pretty bizarre comments uh, mm-hmm. that were captured by a Journal Sentinel reporter uh, during that recall effort last year. Um, and, you know, after Republicans got clobbered uh, in the suburbs in this most recent election cycle, you'd think maybe they would go away from the uh, the types of toxic, uh, <laughs> toxic uh, folks that were, you know, making so many problems for, for Republicans uh, in those suburban races where they many people kind of shifted to back Tony Evers, the self-described boring governor. Uh, and you you would think maybe they would learn their lesson, but no. no. Uh, going into the Wisconsin Supreme Court race uh, this spring, that is going to be super, super important for this state. But uh, Jennifer Doro is going to be one of the top candidates, one of her first decisions uh, to hire a campaign manager who led a uh, very bizarre failed effort so uh it's gonna be a weird one uh in wisconsin over the next few months with that wisconsin state supreme court election but yeah because well, yeah that because it, well, why i guess the reason it caught my attention was the guy wearing the shirt that said the only two things children need to know are guns and bibles and neither are taught in our schools and i was like i'm sorry what am i looking at what yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was a very bizarre effort no surprise that it lost 
really badly. <sighs> uh, even though some, you know, some of the Uline money got into that, some of the top Republicans campaigned for it, and uh, they lost badly. And the suburb of Mequon, which is uh, you know just outside of Milwaukee County, um, and it, traditionally a very, very Republican area. Uh, not only did that recall effort lose last year, but Tony Evers almost won that city outright. Now, having grown up in the Milwaukee area, thinking a Democrat is going to win in the city of Mequon is still wrinkling my brain. But that is that is the case. Uh, that is how the, the Milwaukee County suburbs have been have been shifting uh, in the last decade. Well, it's a wild ride for all of us these days, isn't it, though? Sure is. It it really, really is. I know that you're also, uh, you know, I I like I do cover a lot of stuff that's very much at the micro local level. So I wanted to ask you about this. uh, The I guess it was the county meetings about expanding. Is is this a six lane highway? Tell me a little bit what what you're talking about here with the expanding fix it six. Yeah, so there's uh this is one that I have written a whole lot about at the Recombobulation Area. I wrote a multi-part series on the proposed expansion and widening of I-94 uh, in the city of Milwaukee, a three and a half mile stretch uh, of the highway between uh, highways between Interstate 45 uh, and Interstate 43. Uh, and you know, the road builders and the Republicans have been wanting to expand this corridor for a long time. Uh, Scott Walker had a number of proposals uh, that would have expanded this corridor when he was governor, even talking about some sort of like double-decker freeway expansion that nobody really liked. So he didn't end up getting anywhere with that. But Tony Evers brought back the proposal in 2020 to expand the highway in a more traditional expansion, moving the highway from a six lane to eight lanes. Uh, And that has been a controversial project. It is not, you know, the opposition to that has not cut along traditional political lines. Uh, You know, you have a Democratic governor uh, and Republicans in the legislature who are often at odds about just about everything in this state. They happen to agree on the highway expansion, but that didn't really necessarily sit well uh, with a lot of people in the city of Milwaukee, in Milwaukee County. Uh, So there has been some pushback to that. And, you know, there have been portions of the the project that the ERA's administration have been really receptive to changes, which has been really encouraging. Uh, So it gave some people who are opposed to the highway expansion some some hope that they might select uh, the option that is preferred by many of these opponents dubbed fix at six. So fixing in fixing the highway in the current six lane footprint uh, instead of widening it to eight lanes. Right. I mean, that's the thing is that when you go beyond the footprint, I mean, we do you know how long it took us? If, I, I don't know why I would ask you this. I don't know why you would know. But the burnt interchange here in Chicago has been an almost 10 year project. It's. These highway projects just last forever, don't they? We have another highway project in the Milwaukee area that's been going on 10 plus years now, too. Well, I don't, and this is completely an aside. I don't know how many folks are noticing this. Some folks, I'm sure, are missing their exit. So, you know, I don't know if you're, when you're coming from Chicago on our Kennedy Expressway and you're heading to the airport or to 294 uh, South, there is no longer a sign that says that both the the O'Hare exit and 294 South exit are the same. And if you miss that, there's like, a cement barrier, like the whole stretch. And I'm sure I mean, look, people can just go to 294 North and just do the cloverleaf and turn back around and, and get to where they're going. But they have they didn't put the right signs up. And I don't know if enough people have made it. That seems like something that you would fix right away. And it's been at least a year like that. 
No. Oh, no, that's awful. No one seems to be talking about it. Anyway, it just struck me because they, they spent a tremendous uh, amount of time working on this project. Yeah, it's just uh, state departments <laughs> of transportation are, are problems, uh, no matter what state you're in, whether it's a red state or a blue state. Uh, yeah, 100%. But, uh, but so what happened in Milwaukee today, There, you know, right after the election, uh, they were, you know, they were right after the election. Basically, Governor Governor Evers made the decision to go with the eight lane option, frustrating a lot of people here in Milwaukee, myself included. Um, but uh, as part of that, there were public hearings this week, and the county board uh, was taking up a resolution uh, to essentially to back the six at six option as opposed to the highway widening option. Uh, that was put to a vote today. And the measure failed. Eight to, the vote was eight to nine on the county board. Uh, so the um, the the highway ex, uh, the the fix at six proponents seem to have lost this one. Mm. So it kind of feels like the end of the road for this battle. Um, it's a, it's a tough vote for a lot of people. There were a couple surprises uh, on the board, um, but you know, I guess they I guess they want to widen the highway. Yeah, they want to wire the highway. So one, good thing that, yep. one good thing that did come out of this is they were going to, you know, massively reconstruct the stadium interchange right outside American Family Field where the Milwaukee Brewers play. Uh, that was going to be a ridiculously large, triple-decker, super expensive uh, portion of this uh, of this corridor. Um, through a lot of efforts to push back on that, they, they scaled it back pretty significantly, which is going to save the project about $75 million. So that's pretty good. Um, so, you know, there are some wins within this project uh, as well, even if, uh, even if the end result is the expansion to eight lanes. Uh, it, that was, you know, the most likely result through all of this. But, uh, you know. We had a, we had some important conversations about you know how we want to build and grow our city in, in Milwaukee uh, throughout this process. Yeah. I think that is the type of thing that will you know will have momentum and will carry on going forward. Yeah, I mean, folks need to be involved in these conversations. Otherwise, and look, and you're going to get frustrated, folks. Like you can hear it in Dan's voice and the folks that are participating in the process. But you got to get in there. Um, I, I want I wanted to spend a longer segment with you, but we are we want to also we have a, a toy drive coming up that I'm going to feature some guests about. If you have time next week, do you, can you join us again to catch up about all things Wisconsin next Wednesday or Thursday, whatever fits your schedule? Absolutely. Uh, what, where can folks find your work and sign up for your and sign up for your newsletter? Uh, you can find me on Substack, where I write at the Recombobulation area. We have uh, free options and paid options. If you want to support the work that we do there, uh, doing independent journalism covering Milwaukee and Wisconsin, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at Dan R. Schaefer where I'm probably tweeting about the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> and we love it. Thank you so much, Dan. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you next week, if Thank you can. Thank you. as well. Thank you. Take care. Let's take a break here. We are going to check in with our friends from, v- from Hawk VW. They are partnering with Pink Heels for their annual toy drive in Joliet. So let's take a break here and come back with that wonderful conversation. We're going to talk to Sherry Voigt. Uh, we've got two guests joining us, actually. I'm very excited about that. We're going to have Sherry Voigt and... Angie Caldwell in just a moment on WCPT 820. We're driving it home, and in a moment, we're going to drive it with a Volkswagen. I mean, with the folks from the Volkswagen. You know what I mean. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
One of the great things about the holiday season is the wonderful energy that people put into helping others. And joining us right now is Angie Caldwell, who is, hold on a second, let me make all my information straight. we got Angie Caldwell, the president of Pink Heels in Joliet, and we have... We have Sherry Volt, who is the sales manager at Hawk VW. Let me talk to Sherry first because I want to make sure I'm saying your last name correctly. How do I say your last name, my friend? You are definitely saying it correct, Sherry Vogt. Sherry Vogt, excellent. And you are the sales manager at Hawk VW. First, let me just say my favorite car. Look, I love my car right now, but my favorite car was a, I had a 1986 Volkswagen Rabbit. It was sort of the combination between the GT. It was a GTI uh, and the Golf, right? Yeah. Anyway, that was my favorite. Yep. Yeah. Amazing car. And I hear they're collectibles now, too, aren't they? They are. <laughs> And I'm always I'm always happy to see a Volkswagen Beetle. Tell us how many years you guys have been doing this toy drive. We've been doing it now um, going on six years. Um, and we partnered up with the Pink Hills organization and Angie. Um, and we started out just doing a fundraiser to begin with. And we have now um, upgraded and started doing Thanksgiving meals and Christmas dinners. And then in the last couple of years, we've actually uh, have gone into doing actual gifts um, for all the children to have Christmas um, morning uh, to be able to have a nice, wonderful Christmas morning and not have to worry about the stress and everything in their lives of being able to have something under their tree and their parents and everything else that they're going for. I love that. Everyone deserves a little magic, don't they? Yes. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know about that and, and the, the tradition that you guys are starting to expand and grow. And Sherry, uh, so Sherry Vote is uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, so Sherry's the, the sales manager at Hawk VW, and we'll talk a little bit more about where you can go. And first, I want to bring in Angie Caldwell, who is the president of Pink Heels, the Joliet chapter. Hi, Angie. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having us. I, I'm so thrilled to talk to you because I know that the work that you do has had an impact on so many lives. Tell folks what you guys do at Pink Heels. So Pink Heels, Joliet Area Chapter, um, we are a true not-for-profit. Um, every one of us is a volunteer. So every dollar that is fundraised goes back into the community to help people that are battling any type of illness. Um, but mostly we see people that are affected by cancer. Um, and so what we do is we have three pink fire trucks and a pink police car. And um, when we find out someone is battling, we will team up with the local police and fire department within that town. Um, and we will drive down that person's street. They have no idea we're coming. It's a surprise home visit. And with lights and sirens, we'll put up, pull up in front of the house um, and, you know, usually when you hear lights and sirens, people are coming outside thinking, you know, someone fell or there's an accident or a house is on fire. And then there's these big pink fire trucks and a pink police car. Um, and so the person that's battling comes out of their house and they see the big pink fire trucks and then their family and friends are there as well as us and all of our volunteers. Um, and we just line up. We give them a hug. We tell them that we love them, that we support them, that they're not alone. We have them sign one of our pink vehicles because they're living memorials. And then we help the family financially. Um, so if only for 15 to 20 minutes, we can um, make the person forget about what they're battling, but just make them feel loved and supported. That's truly what we are all about. Um, and so that's really what Pink Heels is. Um, we've helped over 110 families in 2022 so far. And I have to give a huge shout out to Sherry, who's like one of my favorite people on the planet, and Damien, who is the general manager at Hawk VW. They are an amazing partner for Pink Heels. Um, we don't know what we would do without them. And if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to help as many families as we help. 
And Sherry, when you said something about, um, you know, spreading magic somewhere, you know, at Christmas, Sherry is like the magic queen because she came to us with this idea of, you know, doing Thanksgiving meals and it turned into helping a few families every Thanksgiving. And then it turned into let's do Christmas meals. And then it turned into a few more families we would help at Christmas. Well, this year we have 26 families that we're helping with these Christmas meals and 59 kids. And Sherry won't admit this, but she does all the work. She orders all the food. She does all the shopping. And then she puts together, I would like to say, the hawk elves. And they all come out of the woodwork and they all wrap all the gifts. And then we take, you know, some of our volunteers from Pink Heels um, and we will go deliver all of the Christmas meals and the gifts um, to the families that have been chosen this year um, to receive these amazing meals. Sherry, uh, you're, Sherry's like, ah, I just, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's amazing to hear, uh, first of all, the gratitude in Angie's voice about the work that you're doing. And it sounds like everyone at Hawk VW is energized by this mission, aren't they? Yes, we're very energized. We, we want to give back to the community. We want to be able to help these families and, and be able to say, you know, we care about our, our families and our communities and these families that are struggling especially during these hard times, you know, we want to see the smiles on the kids' face and not have to have the parents wonder what they're going to have to do for Christmas um, and be able to say, you know what, we're going to wrap our arms around them and we're going to help them out as much as we possibly can. And where do folks, uh, where do the, where can folks drop things off? And what do you, what, what are you getting the sense of what is needed right now? If either one of you going to take that part, uh, but you know, what do, what should people do? Are they unwrap pack gifts? Are they, uh, do you, ha- you have demands more? I know it's often, it seems like we need more toys for boys, but tell me what you need. And for, I'll go with Sherry yeah, first. So- yep. So what we're looking for is any unwrapped new toy for a boy or a girl. Um, my age group that I've got that we really are looking at right now is probably that 9 to 12 range. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are, um, any brand new toy can be dropped off at the new car showroom between the hours of 9 to 8, Monday through Friday, um, or Saturday 9 to 6. Um, and we're having that toy drive until the 19th because we'll be delivering everything to the families on the 22nd. Um, they can just walk right in, or they can do a gift card if that's easier for them, or they can walk in and do the cashier. I've got a, a little thing that's set up at the cashier's office that they can do cash if they want to do cash, whichever's easiest for them. Um, but anything that they can do to help, it's tremendous to be able to to be able to know that these kids are going to wake up on Christmas morning and have a smile on their face and, and have a gift under their tree. It's one of my favorite things because my, my kids are now 17 and 19, so I am into uh, the toy drives and remembering what I, you know, basically buy something for, uh, I have found that the 9 to 12 is the harder one. And folks, if you're curious, you can Google, like, what to buy for a 9 to 12 year old if you want to shop specific or as Sherry mentioned drop off a gift card too everything helps uh, but it is you know folks can uh, go to Target you can shop like you're shopping for one of your kids or someone in your family and you just grab an extra one of what you would buy for a kid in your family right Sherry that's the way I do it that's correct yep I had three boys and it's and I, I struggle with girls more than anything but the boys are I, they're easy for me because I had three of them and I had all the age age groups on that side of it so <laughs> but yeah anything is more than welcome I, I I just this time of the the year is when I I put my hat on and say you know what 
one family is, 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 if I can make a smile on their face, it makes my life happy. I agree. And, and Angie, with, uh, with Pink Heels of Joliet, uh, folks can help th- with this event and find ways to support the work that you do throughout the year, too, because we have this energy at Christmas time, but let's keep the momentum going. Well, how else can they support you? So they can go to our website. It's just pinkheelsjoliet.org, um, and they can make a donation there. Um, you know, another thing that I would like to say, just so that people understand, it's not just, you know, 59 kids and 26 families. I just want to share that, you know, we have one family who lost their son last year. Mm. Um, we have another family who lost, um, you know, another son. You know, so we have two families that both lost boys last year. Um, we have another family who just recently um, lost their mom, and um, she had two boys, seven and three. You know, so it's we have another family where the mom is battling, and she has two sons, and she's going through a divorce and and battling. You know, there's so many stories, and it's it's every family is very special to Pink Heels, and so um, you know anything that anybody can do. To help out, you know, to give these kids a Christmas, you know, the ones that lost a sibling or, you know, lost their mom or their mom is, you know, too sick to go out and do shopping or, you know, things like that. That's really, you know, what Sherry's whole mission was with this with, you know, let's partner together and let's find some families and, you know, let's do this together. And, um, you know, so it's not just you're really helping families that are going through a really tough time. And uh, so you can either drop off at Hawk, um, you know, in Joliet, right at Hawk BW, or you can, you know, donate to Pink Heels, uh, pinkheelsjoliet.org. We have a donation button right on our website. Um, But every little bit helps, you know, like you mentioned, going to the store. And if you're buying something for one of your children, just pick up one extra. I mean, that really will make a huge difference. And we just appreciate any and all support we can get. I agree. And I love the mission of Pink Heels. I'd love to have you on again sometime to talk about the work that you do and the and the origin, too. I was reading a little bit about that, but uh, I'm up against the, the news. I want to remind folks that Hawk Joliet is located at, is this right, 2861 West Jefferson, West Jefferson Street in Joliet. And your store hours today are until 8. So folks can still drop. We've got two hours to get over there tonight and all the way through the 19th. Is that correct, Sherry? That is correct. Outstanding, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us. I would love to have you back on for any events that you want to amplify. Uh, please feel free to reach out. And uh, really, everyone, uh, do everything you can to, to help the families. In, if, if you can't make it to Joliet, in your community as well. This is the kind of energy we want to, we want to keep going. So thank you so much, ladies. And thank you for all the hard work that you're doing. And thank you for having us on. Of course, anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. Have a Merry Happy Christmas. Holiday. Take care. Let's, mm-hmm. Thank you. Let's take a break here. We'll get to the news. And then we've got our, our guest coming up in just a few minutes uh, at six, after 6 o'clock. We're going to talk to Dr. Carl. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at ANS Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
When you have an illness is uh, when you feel, I would say, either you or a family member has an illness is when we often feel the most vulnerable. So we want to take some time to talk to our friends at GenCare Senior Medical Center. Joining us on the line is Dr. Carlos Crodup, who is the center medical, one of the center medical directors. Hi, Doc. How are you doing tonight? Do you mind if I call you Doc, first of all? That sounds great. I am doing <laughs> fine. I am not out in the winter weather, so I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, it, it is. Isn't it funny? Because I, I, I'm reading your bio, so uh, clearly you're a lifelong Chicagoan, and like me, have not really strayed that far from our city. Uh, and you know, people always say, "How can you be mad? How can you say the weather's bad when you live here?" And it's like this. You know, we know it's coming, but uh, you know, we still get to be frustrated with it and f- feel like it's personal, right? <laughs> We do. We get spoiled a little bit, too, <laughs> when it's nice. Well, I don't know if you've uh, read, the, there's a meme out there that if, if weather was nice in Chicago, it would be way too crowded. This is not for the thin-skinned over here. No, and everybody would move here if it was nice all year round. <laughs> right? Exactly. First, before we talk a little bit about about your about the medical center, I want to learn a little bit more about you. As I mentioned, you are a lifelong Chicagoan, uh, South Sider who grew, who went to De La Salle High School. What? When did you know you wanted to go into medicine? Was there were you a child, or was it through your education post uh, high school? Yeah. You know, interestingly, it really was in high school and a little, well, maybe even grammar school, because I had a a real love for science, uh, probably in eighth grade. I I remember one of my science teachers, Mr. Williams, going back and doing experiments. And then in high school, I had a lot of opportunities uh, to work in the medical area. I love biology. And, you know, it kind of just steered me in that direction. Uh, and, and I just, you know, kept, you know, loving to be around. I, I had a lot of older, uh, relatives around me. And so I've always been around a lot of family, you know, wanting to take care of them. So, you know, I think between the, the family oriented and having that love for science, it, it just kind of blended together. And you have really built a career uh, on not only helping people that come to see you in your medical practices, you also are invested in your community. Tell us a little bit about the work that you do uh, with helping the homeless and, and doing grassroots, grassroots organizations. Yeah, so, you know, I've done a lot, you know, in the community, um, me and my, you know, kids who are now older, you know, I encourage them to give back because uh, we've been fortunate to do, you know, really come from the community. Um, and, you know, I go out to the community, we give back, we do a lot of grassroots things uh, where we um, just recently we went out and worked with the homeless and made sure that they were provided for. And then in terms of even some of the com- uh, some, some of the clinics that I've worked at have been in the more underserved, uh, where we've had to go out and give free health care, uh, free physicals, you know, uh, making sure patients were taken care of, uh, particularly those that are not as well off socioeconomically, you know, in a different bracket, underserved communities. And it's really rewarding. Um, and, and it's something that I love passing on to those who are young, who are younger than me. And so the, so it is, you know, that drive that you have, it sounds like it blends very well with GenCare Senior Medical Centers, which is something I'm not familiar with. So for folks who aren't familiar, can you, can you share us a little bit of a, a breakdown and uh, the mission of GenCare? Yeah, so, you know, Gen, Gen Care uh, really uh, started and began 
more as Chin Mad. And, you know, kind of giving you a brief background, it's kind of a really mom and pop kind of family-owned kind of business, which is unique in itself. And so basically um, one of the founders, uh, which is Dr. Uh, James Chin, you know, he fell ill and, uh, you know, developed cancer, you know, and was looking for the best care that he could. And through his illness, he found, you know, that really he there wasn't really good care for seniors. And so um, what he decided to do as he was able to recover, uh, his sons are both doctors, uh, they all came together with other colleagues and developed, you know, kind of a health care just for our seniors, you know, where we're able to give what we might call concierge-type medicine uh, to the neediest populations, you know. And so uh, we, uh, to give a little bit more background, you know, there's about, for us, it, it was such a popular, uh, you know, kind of healthcare in America that it quickly spread and it's fast growing from just the Florida and Chin Med and, uh, and the Chins. Now we're in multiple States and we are called Gen Care, you know, kind of one of the uh, uh, parent kind of, you know, uh, uh, healthcare of TenMed. And here, what we're able to do is really just take care of our seniors. And so, um, the great thing about that is, you know, we really are able to cater to our older Americans who, you know, may have more chronic illnesses, and especially in the underserved areas. And they may have little distrust, you know, in our doctors, and we're able to address everything right here. So uh, to give you an example, uh, when I was in probably the regular medical field, I would have like 3,000 patients, easy. With GenCare, I have 400 patients, 450 is kind of the cap, and we're able to see our patients at least once a month. Uh, we have pharmacies on site. Our specialists are on site. Uh, we give our patients out our cell numbers so they have 24-7 access to us. Um, so we really are kind of that VIP care, and that's kind of what our model is, is, is built on. You mentioned that uh, you see your patients. Uh, what a remarkable uh, thing to, to, to as well to have a contained number, and, and I know a better way to put it, but uh, a number of patients that you, is manageable for you to be able to see them every month. And that makes so much sense because we spend a tremendous amount of time on the phone with insurance companies emailing back and forth, this battle of preventative care and all those things. And, you know, when people have... You know, gotten to a point in their lives where they've worked hard, they've done as you know, they've done so much in their lives, and and it's easy for uh, I would say older generations to be stubborn about their health. I hope that we're all getting better as we go along, but uh, that that does make a difference. And when you see, tell us a little bit about how that makes a difference. Being able to check in with a, a medical provider every month. Yeah. So, and you're right. We see our patients at least you know once a month. You know, it builds, you know, a certain trust with our patients. We're able to form and establish great relationships. And I see some of my patients every two weeks. And if I need to see them the next day, I can based on, you know, whatever chronic illness that they may have. And they become like family, you know, because we're seeing them so often. 
Uh, it breaks down those barriers. Sometimes there may be even, you know, generation barriers, obviously trust issues. And I think when we're able to deal with seniors, so many diverse backgrounds that we have here, you know, but they get to know us as if we're one of the family and, uh, and they know we're taking great care of them and that we're accessible to them uh, all the time. And they can easily walk in, they can make appointments, they, you know, can get everything done when they do come in. Uh, so they're not frustrated. And I think another thing that they really love is that we're able to pick our patients up. We, we provide transportations and transportation and drop our patients back off at home. So, Yes, it's good that if they have family members, they can get them to take them to their appointments. But they also, it gives them a certain independence, and they can really, uh, you know, go and see their doctor on their own. And ultimately, one of the biggest goals is keeping them out of the hospital. We love to keep them at home, healthy, you know, and happy, you know. And we're really trying to keep our seniors out of the hospital, which is one of our, our big, big pushes uh, as we bring in all new docs that they have to understand that that's where our patients do well, their quality of life is better, um, you know, mortality, everything improves, you know, when they're able to be at home and taken good care of. Again, folks, we are talking to Dr. Carlos Crudup. Am I saying your last name correctly, Crudup? You actually did. You got it correct. <laughs> what do they say? Time. How do they mispronounce it? You can tell me. I won't get it wrong. Uh, you know, we know there's, there's crud, there's uh, crud up. So my, there's, I, I probably have heard so many different, <laughs> <laughs> but I respond to them all. You know, uh, ultimately it just becomes Dr. C in the end. All right. We're talking to Doc, Dr. C, Dr. Carlos Crudup. You can go to chenmed.com. That's C-H-E-N-M-E-D.com to find out about the Chicagoland area centers. There are six of them. Do you, can I hang on to you? I'm, I'm going to, I might hang on to you for two more segments. Is that, is that okay? Do you have time to hang with me? I definitely have time. Outstanding. Again, go to chenmed.com to find out about the, all the services that they provide for our seniors, find out where they are near your community. Uh, if they're not in your community but you know someone who might benefit, you can go to the website and point them in the right direction. More in a moment with our guest uh, when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. We're driving it home until 7. Don't forget, if you can't hear us very well on your terrestrial radio, switch over. Go to, uh, to tune in or go to heartlandsignal.com, wcpt820.com. And, uh, and listen to the show there. More in a moment. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Yes, and thank you for joining us, hanging out with us as we drive it home until 7. We are on the line with Dr. Carlos Crudup, and he is the, one of the medical directors. Of, we I, Gen, Gen Med is something that I'm fascinated by now, Doc. Uh, you know, we we were talking about how fo- if, you know patients. Uh, you're building trust with patients, uh, having them sort of a personalized care. In the event that someone has a chronic condition, how how do you help them through that through that medical crisis? So yeah, so you know, a lot of our older patients obviously do have these chronic illnesses, and so again, one uh, way is obviously we make sure we're seeing them often. You know, as, as often as they really need to be seen. But also, uh, we have all of our specialists there in-house, uh, which makes it easier. So if I did need to have them see cardiology 
uh, heart doctor, nephrology, the kidney doctor, GI doctor. They're literally sitting right around me. Um, so I can really bring them on board. I've, I've had opportunities where it's me and the cardiologist in the room uh, talking to the patient about what is the next step. And so uh, that's also very easy going to have that personal relationship and almost like a personal specialist right there. Uh, we, In terms of our labs, there are things that we might need to do. We do everything on site, you know, kind of alleviating the stress of having to run here, go there. You know, our prescriptions, we're able to, uh, we have a pharmacy on site, get the prescriptions. So we make it really easy so it's less stressful so we can really focus on, you know, what that problem is and this is how we're going to treat it. Um, and then if we, you know, if there even x-rays are on site, so that makes it real easy for us if there's something we need to quickly diagnose, if it's an acute issue, the patient had a fall, you know, and a lot of times nowadays you can wait in the ER for 12, 13, 14 hours, and it's really just to make sure you don't have a fracture. And so we can do those things here, and we have orthopedic doctors that we can easily call on, and they can give us uh, advice if we're unsure of what to do. So I think that really eases the patient and a lot of the family members because we do see a lot of family come with the patients and, you know, they enjoy that their family member is being so well taken care of and that, you know, they're, they're in good hands when they're not around. Absolutely. Again, you know, the care for seniors uh, and the investment both in resources and energy, I think that as we, you know, all continue to age, we need to figure out ways to address it and and be cognizant of, you know, as we get older. You know, one of of my uh, sort of um, concepts I've been thinking about is as we get older is, you know, maybe starting around 50 is come to terms with the fact that we are going to need more help. And that's the kind of, you know, service that you're providing, kind of care that you're providing. You know, we, we have to, like, learn how to lean into people who want to help us, don't you think? Because some people get a little bit combative as they get older. I know I've, I've cared for people who are, are, because they have dignity and they want to have respect, and that's what you're offering them. We also need to, you know, sort of be aware as we get older, don't you think, of, of what we're going to need. Exactly. Yeah, I think preparing for that, you know, I mean, I guess every, you know, 10, 20 years, you realize there's things you can't do, you used to be able to do. And, uh, you know, your mind may say one thing, but your your body is saying another. And so you have to start preparing for your body, you know, and the mind The things will not be as sharp, and you won't be as well equipped to do things. And, you know, a lot of my patients, they kind of jokingly say, uh, this, uh, I'm now the kid and this is the adult here, you know, and they're referring, you know, to their uh, kids that come to the visits with them, you know, but I, I really tell them it's great that you have such a great support, you know, with you and I'm just part of that team, you know, and with my patients, you know, I consider it like a relationship, a team, we're a team-based kind of uh, healthcare system where you know, they have, a, a, you know, somebody who's just going to work on referrals, who's just going to have a, a front desk person, just going to have a nurse just for them. And so I think when they're able to see that they have all this great support, you know, around them, it, they they ease up and, and they actually, you know, they really enjoy it and they look forward to it. 
And I think, you know, um, that's uh, really rewarding for us physicians. And, you know, that's what's kept me at Gen Care for, I guess I'm going on seven years now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And for folks, by the way, the, for the local information, it's GenCareForChicago.com. That's J-E-N CareForChicago.com to get more information. Is it hard for people to enroll to, to find out if they're, they're eligible for uh, working with you? No, it is actually very simple. You know, we uh, give lovely tours of all of our six sites. You know, they can access, like you said, get in touch with that number. We have salespeople that will walk them around. Uh, it's, you can meet me as easily as I'm on the radio. You could easily come into the clinic and have a tour, and I can be part of that tour. So it's very simple, and then signing up is very simple. We have everybody in-house, uh, our salespeople, to really make sure that it's taken care of so it's not overwhelming. There's also a fo- focus on underserved areas as well. Tell us a little bit about the locations of your facilities. Yeah, so we try to position ourselves in the underserved communities where obviously they really need this VIP kind of concierge uh, style of of medicine. So uh, we have sites. One is in uh, Berwyn. Uh, We have another site where I'm at is Glenwood, uh, Dalton. Um, We um, have sites in uh, Ashburn, which is off of like uh, 87th in California. Um, and then we go over east a little bit in the area of Jeffrey, which is off of like 95th and like um, Paxton. So we try to cover, you know, the city. And, you know, our, our goal is, you know, we, we love growth. So as we see communities that really need us, you know, our goal is to, you know, see how we can help, you know, uh, in that community and, and hopefully start a center there as well. I want to make. I want to continue our conversation. Do you have uh, time to stick with me for another segment after the news? And I mean, after the traffic. Yeah, definitely. Outstanding. Again, we're talking to Dr. Uh, Carlos Crudup. You can go to. Oh, let me. I'm going through so many of the pages. GenCareForChicago.com. That's J-E-N-CareForChicago.com. And I want to talk about the triple demic and what folks can do to be preventative, uh, take care of themselves, and be mindful, uh, including the very simple thing of taking a deep breath. We'll talk about that when we come back with Dr. Crudup. Dr. C on the line with us on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. We're driving it home until seven. We're thrilled to have you here so we'll uh, get you updated on traffic and a word from our from the station oh you know what before i do that let me also uh give you a heads up because i want to read this a couple times and make sure that you know we've got a giveaway from gindos next week uh jerry walski brought me a a bag of sauces and uh i'm already making plans about what goes with what uh so i have big news for the final two weeks of the year thanks to mary and chris ginder of gindos ginder chris ginder of gindos spice of life in st charles will be wrapping up 20 2022 with hot sauce. Beginning Monday, we're going to have a $50 Gindo, Jindo's gift card to give away each day on the show through the end of the year. That'll be a total of 10 $50 gift cards for Driving at Home listeners. Be sure to listen Monday for your chance to win. And don't forget to check out Jindo's, uh, Gindo's. I'm going to say it both ways. You know how I am. I'm covering all my bases, Lady B. Gindo's.com to spice up your holiday season. You guys, this stuff is really, really good. I'm going to ask the doc if hot sauce is good for you. Something about 
about capillaries and your sinuses? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes, but we'll find out when we come back on Heartland Signal, WCPT820.com. Tune in radio, everybody, or WCPT820.com. Tune into the Tom Hartman Radio Program, your home for news, opinion, and insight, right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. And we are driving it home until 7. Joining us is Dr. Carlos Crudup from Gen, Gen Med Centers. We, he's the, one of the medical directors there. We've been talking about senior care and the kind of services they provide, the kind of care they provide, personalized. Uh, it's building trust. And uh, part of building trust has got has probably been difficult for a lot of folks over the last couple of years during the pandemic. Let me, let me start there, Doc. How, how has it been with, uh, with making sure that seniors had everything they needed during the height of the pandemic? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a challenge. I think uh, one of the things we quickly were able to pivot to was more virtual visits, you know, um, and I think for our seniors, that was kind of key. So, uh, we as the physicians still went into the office like we normally would and as if, you know, because there still were patients that would be coming in to see us during that time. But a lot of our patients, obviously, we uh, saw virtually. Um, we uh, had all their medications delivered to them uh, from our office. Um, uh, we would uh, send somebody out, uh, nurses and things like that, if they needed to. Um, uh, we really had to make sure we had all the, you know, appropriate uh, ways to test for, you know, so getting all of that, we, we revved that up real quick. So I, I think it was it was great. And I think just healthcare in general did a really good job just uh, with something that no one could have expected. But uh, we were able to get seniors on board because they don't always like technology. So, um, you know, we're doing virtual uh, we were able to use a lot of apps and some built-in apps in our system to really still stay connected with our patients. And have they continued to use that option? Because it is convenient not worrying about driving, you know, not worrying about finding part, and you know, just especially in the bad weather. Are they continuing to rely on, on virtual telehealth? So we still do utilize it. Obviously, you know, best care, particularly for our seniors, is seeing them in person and, and making the correct diagnosis. But there are times they just can't make it in, you know. Uh, they, don't, they don't feel up to it. So it's nice that now we do have that ability to give them that option. Okay, we'll do a virtual visit, but, you know, I do want to see you in the next visit after that, you know, things of that sort. So it makes it, it easier, again, it gives them, a little bit of that autonomy and independence that they're controlling their health care as much as possible. 
And so what has, uh, you know, as we've come sort of out of the, the hardest part of the pandemic, we still obviously have a lot of risks. And in particular, as you mentioned, the, the seniors were the most at risk. We saw in assisted living facilities that it was uh, it ravaged some of the facilities in Illinois. Uh, you know, what what are some of the things that we need to keep in mind? Because we're not we're not out of the woods, are we? No, we're not. As you kind of mentioned, we have this, you know, triple-demic, you know, and our seniors are at a very, very high risk. So we're seeing not only the COVID, now flu has, you know, really jumped. You know, we're seeing some, you know, CDC is reporting some really almost 20,000 hospitalizations. So, and I'm, I'm really seeing it in the clinic. So we're really urging our patients to really get vaccinated. You know, I think, you know, uh, staying up to date on all your vaccines, uh, making sure you get your flu vaccine is a, is a big push, all as, as well getting all your COVID shots. Um, you know, we, we have some lovely specialists where we have mentioned taking deep breaths and making sure you reduce stress and control your other medical issues and, uh, if you're smoking, always good to stop smoking and, and a healthy diet, you know, avoid fatty meals, staying active, exercising regularly. Um, you know, and a lot of this will allow you to kind of, we, we kind of want our patients to get back somewhat to a normal routine, but just being very careful. You know, I, you know, a lot of my patients have been so inactive during these three years and I'm urging them to start exercising, but be safe, still wearing a mask, you know, going when times are not as high volume if you want to go to the health club. Uh, but, you know, in, in during this season where we're gathering Thanksgiving, which probably really pushed a lot of this, you know, uh, triple-demic, but also Christmas is coming up, you know, New Year's, everybody wanting to get back with families, a lot of celebrations. So we still do have to be careful. We have to get vaccinated. We still have to wear a mask when, when appropriate and really just take care of ourselves on a day-to-day. Uh, and there are times when sometimes we have to say no to certain events. You know, I tell my patients, you know, maybe that's not the best one to go to given your health issues and things of that sort. I agree. You have to, uh, you know, ma- minimize uh, the stress levels. And, and you know, we and, and some people get stressed saying no. They feel like a layer of guilt. Uh, and I think that if you take a step back and think the people that uh, I'm saying no to would appreciate that I'm also doing it out of, you know, the, the uh, awareness that I need to take care of myself. Don't you think? I agree. I agree. It's, it's nothing personal. We still love you. But at the end of the day, we want to, you know, be safe for our own health as as well as yours. And, I mean, it, when I see these gatherings, sure enough, when I talk to my patients and they tell me they've caught COVID, I'm like, okay, where were you? What did you do? And, I mean, nine out of ten, almost ten out of ten times, oh, well, I traveled here and we had a wedding. We were at a church gathering. So, and, and not that you don't want to have these gatherings, you just have to be careful, making sure you're vaccinated, making sure you're wearing a mask, you know, maybe minimizing uh, that level of congregating and uh, that there, particularly with what's going on right now uh, in this month of December here with, with so many cases of the flu and COVID, you know, uh, on, on, on the rise. So I think we just have to be really smart about it right now. 
and it and it's nothing personal. Right, it's nothing personal. And look, the the rising cases are are pretty reflective of people gathering at Thanksgiving. That would be the the way I read that those numbers, right? Yeah, it, it's really linked to the Thanksgiving gatherings. I think everybody was really excited, you know, to get back together and and be thankful for getting through a lot of the hard part of the pandemic. Travel was up. We saw the airports and people driving. And, and I think that's really set everything off. And, you know, a lot of also, I think, of our patients, you know, they got so many vaccines, they really were a little bit confused or tired or vaccine fatigue. So they not everybody got the flu vaccine like they normally would have when that was the main vaccine that they would get this time of the year. So they and some of them get confused. Oh, I already got that vaccine. No, that was part of the COVID. You know, now we need the flu. So I think there's a lot of different things that really Im- impacted it. And that's where we're really educating and really pushing our patients and making sure those patients we know that did get vaccinated last year, come on in, you know, let's make sure we get that vaccine. And, and we live by example. So we make sure that we're vaccinated and we're doing everything so they can really see that this is the way to, to prevent these illnesses. And how can, you know, the first thing I do when I start getting a scratchy throat is to take a COVID test right away, but that won't let me know whether or not I've got a cold or a flu. What are some of the things we should look for for flu symptoms? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of these viral symptoms are very similar, but obviously, you know, there's extreme fatigue, fevers, uh, cough, uh, sore throat, a lot of the same kind of COVID symptoms that we've really be educated ourselves very well on uh, are very similar to flu. Uh, We at our centers, you know, we are able to test for COVID. They have the rapid COVID, rapid flu uh, so, and those are, are available, you know, at all of our sites. And like I mentioned, we have sites on the south side, the west side, and four in the southern suburbs. And, and so, you know, you know, we will, we will have the ability to really make sure that even before our patients come in, a lot of times what we may do is go out, steal to the cars, you know, and we will check you for flu and COVID, you know, just to make sure that, um, you know, before you come in that you are healthy if you are presenting with some signs uh, that may feel like it could be COVID or it could be flu. And folks need to, to be aware of uh, that distinction, too. I mean, they're they're both equally uh, transmissible. I mean, there's a, a, a little graphic I saw of how easy it is to catch something when someone coughs or sneezes in your vicinity. Uh, you know, we've gotten a little cavalier. Uh, what are your thoughts on wearing a mask uh, and when you're going to be around other folks? Yeah, I, I really think it's very important. You know, I think the reason when we were vigilant about wearing a mask, the reason we probably didn't see as much flu and RSV and, and all these viruses that have, you know, kind of crept back up is because we were vigilant about wearing our mask. And so I think that has to be part of the equation, particularly where we're seeing the numbers rise. And, you know, it, it may be part of our existence here or there going, going forward, but definitely when we see numbers like this, so high. We need to mask up. And if we're going in any gatherings, if we're in airports, anywhere where we, you know, really don't know those situations around us and, and we want to be safe and 
we, we want to make sure those around us are safe. Now, my uh, the other thing that you mentioned was uh, just taking a breath. I want to just go back to that for a moment because I don't. I think that we don't put any. Uh, you know, we hear it. and We're like, okay. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I I, t- I, I explain. You can change the chemistry of your brain when you're in the middle of a heated situation. That first thing that you want to say or do, you might be able to alter it by just taking a breath, right? Exactly. You know, taking deep breaths are good, you know, in terms of reducing stress and lowering blood pressure. And and like you said, when you're in even a, a heated moment, sometimes you take that deep breath just to whew, just to gather yourself and calm down. And that that really helps, you know, you know, a lot. And stress is, is huge. I think we underestimate how much stress plays into so many of our medical conditions that are out here definitely can make them worse and harder for us to treat. So we want to make sure that we're taking those moments where we're doing things where we can take deep breaths, whether it's yoga, if you want to get a little bit more involved. And, you know, those are great, uh, you know, different tools out here for us. But really breathing and deep breaths, we are really high on it. Our, our pulmonologist uh, who works with us at, at Chin Med, uh, she is a big proponent of that, making sure you take those deep breaths. Take those deep breaths. All right, my last question, because I was just uh, teasing about it with, uh, with the Gindo's hot sauce. Are, are hot sauces something that uh, help with our, uh, with our capillaries? Am I misremembering this or our sinuses? Because I'm a big fan of the hot sauces. Oh, there is some evidence out there uh, that, you know, and that's why you do see in certain cultures, uh, you know, where we do use some of the spicier foods, and that really can be a good cathartic and be helpful. So, yeah, I I have no problems. Now, we do have to be careful Uh uh, what we're putting the hot sauce on, you know, sometimes. You know, that's where um, I look at it in a little bit careful. A lot of times, those may not be the best food items that we're choosing, mm-hmm. and those may be more of our fatty meals, our comfort food that, you know, may put us at increased risk of, uh, you know, maybe some of these disorders like diabetes and things that we get concerned about. But I think, like most things, our, our parents told us, uh, if we use things in moderation, you know, we typically will be okay. Because my husband says that food is just a delivery system for my hot sauce now. So I put it on pretty much anything. So <laughs> it's true. So we may want to reduce just a little bit. We may want to yes. cut back a little bit. Fair enough. Yes, I agree. Uh, we've been talking to Dr. Dr. Carlos Crudup from the uh, from GenCare. You can go to GenCareForChicago.com to find out about all the work that they do and see if there's maybe someone in your life or you uh, can can benefit from the, the services they provide. Thank you so much. I'd love to have you back again sometime, Doc. Definitely. It was great talking to you and all your listeners, and I look forward to being on next time. Sounds, right, sounds good. Happy, happy holidays. Okay, same same to you. Have have a lovely Christmas and New Year. Oh, thank you so much. Take care. Let's uh, take a break here. When we come back, we'll take our calls. We got Jim, who's on the line, and we got to wrap up and uh, and get the, the Devil's Advocates right after this on WCPT eight twenty. But we're driving it home till seven because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT eight twenty. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT eight twenty. 
We have a few minutes left here, so let's take our calls. We have Roosevelt calling from Chicago. How you doing, my friend? How you doing? Huh? Roosevelt? I can't hear you, Roosevelt. Wait, that's me. Nope, I got the button. I, I think you're like far away from the phone. Are you yelling across the room at your phone, Roosevelt? <laughs> I can't hear you. Oh, let me uh, let me put you on hold. I'm going to try to come back to you in a minute because I can't I can't hear you. We're having an audio problem. By the way, want to say hi to our friend Joe who came out last night to taste over in Rogers Park. Joe, don't forget to give us a call sometime. We'd love to hear from you. It was great to meet you last night. Jim is on the line from Chicago as well. How you doing, my friend? Hi, Teddy. The doctor was terrific. I think that's the future of medicine. He was definitely a great doctor. And, uh, you know, I was getting it down to 450 patients. But I just wanted to mention the two, the three suckers in Michigan, the father and son. One got 13 years, the other one got 10. Now, how you could talk your son or your father into kidnapping a governor is beyond me. And that was over masks yep. and the pandemic. And this doctor is describing to you that it's still a good idea to wear your mask. Joan has got COVID again. Uh, Lady B's got uh, a breathing thing. I mean, we've got to be careful of each other. And to make this a political thing is just absurd. You know, it's too bad that this doctor and other doctors didn't get on the radio more frequently and, and on television and so on and so forth. And explain uh, why there, there's, there's, we're not locking people down, putting masks on people because we want to control them. We're doing it because we want to save their lives. I know. You know what I mean, Pig? There's not, not more doctors doing that because they end up getting their lives threatened. These nut jobs get out, you know, they start getting online or find their homes or their places of work and, and threaten them and their family members. I, I, I don't know, how, how did they ever get to that? I can't understand how it would get even get to that. But it's done it. You can see it in Michigan, these stiff sentences they handed down. And that was over uh, COVID. Anyway, get rules of all that. All right. Thanks, Patty. Let's Thank see if we can get him on for a couple minutes. All right. Thank you so much. You're very generous. You're also generous with each other. Roosevelt, can we hear you now? Yeah. Yes. How you doing? What's on your mind, Roosevelt? Hey, thank you for taking my call, first of all. Sure. Of course. Did you get your... Did you get your set of cards already? I did not get my set of cards. Oh, have you sent something? I'll go check. I haven't. I didn't look at the the mailbox. But thank you for whatever you're talking about. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the Trump cards. Oh, I was going to say. I was like, I thought you were sending Christmas cards. No, I've not. I'm not uh, my NFTs, my non fungible tokens. That was the letter, the word I was trying to find. And that's a perfect. That's a perfect letter for him. <laughs> traitor. Tra- traitor. Yep. Absolutely. He said it himself. He's a traitor. Just when you think he can't do anything more stupid, he does something more stu- And the thing doesn't even look right. You could tell like a, like a little kid pasted the, the head on the, on the, <laughs> on the body. And, and come to think of it, now that I think of it, he stole that idea from his own uh, supporters. Because remember how when they get together, they're outside uh, um, and they have those flags with uh, the rainbow body yep. of uh, yes. the rest of Stallone? Yep. So it's the same thing. He can't get a natural, original idea. He's got to steal everything. Everything he's got to take. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know. 
No, it's all about the scam, all about the con, all about trying to lure the and, and lure the weak minded, the people who are who would be attracted to something like this. I just I wish I was in on that meeting. This is what we're going to do. This, you know, I mean, of all the things. Yeah. Right. I mean, I know they've been selling like holiday ornaments and coins. I mean, so they're sitting around a table or sitting at the at Mar-a-Lago at the buffet or whatever or on the golf course. You know what we need? I know you know what we need. We need to slap his face on a, a body that is a cartoon character with a cape waving behind it people will buy it and here's the thing Roosevelt we're laughing I'll bet you there's somebody I bet you there's somebody out there and here's the, and, and if they do buy them all he, he's gonna think he's brilliant and please by all means do more and let the Republican Party continue to buy in this malarkey malarkey shenanigans craziness and you know what remember this is his old idea too because remember when he was in the hospital he wanted to wear yeah. an uh, a Superman T-shirt. And yes. Come on, rip his shirt. <laughs> this, this is the same thing. The Such same morons. Different, yep. different twist. That's perfect for him. I got it in Spanish. Tonto yeah. with a T. Tonto. Yeah. Dummy. Stupid. It's crazy. It's well, absolutely crazy. Like you, like, you know what? You know, like you said, there's going to be takers out there. There's going to yep. be people that, that actually buy this junk. I'm done feeling sorry for them. The, you know, go spend your money on that. No, that, that I was done a long time. I know. I was done when, when he had that first thing down that escalator, and he said, Mexico "Yes, he oh yeah." It. I know. It's over for him. I day. just feel sorry for people who fall for the lies, who allow themselves to be tricked, because it is really sad and pathetic. I've got to run, Roosevelt. Have All a right, wonderful thank evening. You, thank you for taking my call. Of course. All talk right, to you, talk to you later. Tomorrow we're checking with our friend Mike Crowley uh, from YPA Reviews. You'll probably agree. Talk about his uh, his top movies of the year. Have Michael uh, the uh, Michael Crutes up next with Devil's Advocate, Lady B. Thank you again as always. Have a great night, everybody. See ya.